0: I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi, friends, and welcome to the show. This is Once Upon a Gene, and I'm your host, Effie Parks. Quick reminder... Carolina Summers. She's the mom to a beautiful girl with Pfeiffer syndrome and the CEO of Born a Hero. She's hosting the Seattle Rare Disease Fair, and it's coming up on June 4th and 5th, 2021. The speakers and panelists are incredible. So head over and register at rarediseasefair.com for this virtual conference. I hope to see you there. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. She is a 12 year old. Living with Blau Syndrome. And when a 12-year-old contacts you to be on your podcast, you know you're doing something right. This girl is eloquent, and today she's sharing her point of view as a young girl living with a chronic disease. Today you're going to hear her perspective and outlook on how it's impacted her life. She's articulate and passionate and reminds me of Felix Townsend. I don't know what Blau Syndrome Advocacy Group has going on over there, but they sure breed some mighty young advocates. Please enjoy my conversation with the lovely Kira Howell. Hello, Kira. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to have you here. You're my first little rare disease kiddo as a guest, so I'm really honored. That's
1: awesome. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, why don't you tell me about yourself? I'm 12 years old. I've had Bloss syndrome for... As long as I can remember. And I love to act and sing and do anything related to musical theater. Oh, cool. Do you have that stuff at school? Or do you do that
0: on the side? Um, I do it on the side. Nice, nice. So, Kara, what made you want to tell your story on the podcast? Have you been telling your story in other
1: places or writing stuff down? Well, I've done a couple of presentations at school and just kind of shared to my class, but I want to expand the people who know it because obviously it's a very rare disease. I bet not many of the listeners have heard it. And so I just want to spread awareness so more people can learn about this really cool disease. Well, not cool, but cool to learn about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. So what does your day look like, Kira, as a young person living with Blau syndrome? How does it show up for you?
1: Um, well, obviously, it's not visible, but if I'm going on a walk with my friends or my family, I tend to get sore before they do. And riding bikes, um, as I grip the handlebars, my fingers get very sore, which not a lot of people that I've talked to have experienced. And everyone kind of thinks, oh, wait, that doesn't happen to me. So, and when I play tennis, I have to wear this little like wrist tape thing. Because my wrists start to hurt very early on during the tennis lesson. So it just affects me in physical activities. And I'm like, this does not happen to other kids without it as quickly as it does with me. So otherwise, it doesn't really affect me very very visibly.
0: That's actually got to be probably one of the hardest parts about Blau syndrome is that others around you wouldn't notice it necessarily and that it's kind of invisible. Do you think that that is kind of a hard part about having this rare disease?
1: Yes, I completely agree. I nobody can tell I'm sick with just looking at me. I've had people actually tell me, "I don't think that you're sick before." And I'm kind of like, "Uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me, but it's definitely hard because no one can tell. It's not like um I'm always like visibly very sick or I look like that or anything. I just look like a normal kid." Yeah, that's something
0: that you're definitely going to have to build your muscle on, right? And learn how to learn how to kind of cope with maybe being dismissed and maybe having people not believe you. And yeah. So are there, do you have to take medications and stuff right now for these like physical activities that you do or anything for Blouse syndrome at the moment? Or is there no kind of treatment medically that's available?
1: Well, I take a lot of a variety of pills every night and I take a shot every day, but that's related to growth hormone, which is also related to Bloch syndrome, which we can dig into later. But I, every month I do have to go to an infusion and kind of draw some blood and get Remicade pumped into me. But at this point, I'm kind of used to it. And it's, it's just kind of part of my life. It's
0: just kind of part of your daily life. So how has it impacted you at school or with your friends?
1: in school, which obviously we're in the pandemic right now, so, and I'm virtual, so it doesn't completely affect me this year, but before the pandemic hit, I was leaving school early, um, a little over once a week due to stomach problems was the main thing, or being sore, and I sat out of PE basically every time for most of it, and kind of had my own stretches, and so I don't know if everybody knew why I was leaving, but Everyone knew that I did have to leave a lot and my mom would come bring me pills. So I was up in the office a lot. How did you feel when you had to leave early or not
0: get to participate in regular PE and stuff like that? What did you think about while you were sitting in the office waiting for your mom?
1: Well, if I'm being completely honest, a little bit of me kind of liked it because I get to kind of sit out of doing some schoolwork. But also, of course, I felt a little different and I was kind of sad because I would just get pulled away from my friends and I'm like, I don't know why my stomach is doing this and we can't fix it. And so I just have to get pills every day and just kind of have my mom come into school. That's got to be really hard. That's a a
0: lot to handle for a little body. (laughs) What are some of the things that you do for yourself when you're maybe not feeling so great or when life is kind of unfair like this? What... What makes you happy or what things do you try to do to kind of lift your spirits back up?
1: Well, I mean, there really isn't anything I can do if I'm at home and I have a bad stomach ache or if I'm feeling sore besides kind of just rest. And there are also some pills that my mom can give me that help me out. But um, for the bigger picture, if I'm at an infusion and I just am kind of feeling super you know, out of it and sad. It's always super encouraging when I have a friend with me, which sadly, I haven't been able to take any during the pandemic. But that's super encouraging, just knowing that you have friends that can be there for you and, and can kind of support you.
0: Yeah, definitely having having someone around you who can <laughs> make you laugh is definitely something that can get you out of your funks. So what are some strategies that you've adopted or created that help you that might help other kids like you? You sound so positive and you sound so motivated. And I just wonder what about you got you there and what would you like to pass on to other kids who maybe aren't feeling so great or don't have a lot of the positivity at the moment?
1: Whenever I have to go to an infusion, instead of just surrounding it with negative connotations, I always try to find a positive. I love my nurses. At the end, they let me get like a little candy. There is a vending machine there that is stocked with great snacks. And my mom and I, we always, after my infusion or before, she lets me choose a lunch. And we go get maybe an ice cream or a donut. And it's really fun because... I don't get that food um, all the time, you know, so it's kind of like, okay, I have to go get a poke, but I also go get to get a treat, which is a positive connotation that I have toward hospital trips and infusions is I always know that there's going to be a plus side.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I have to tell you, like even growing up, that stuff is the same. Like when I have to do something hard and I get my favorite food <laughs> as a reward, it's it's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely.
0: So is there something that made you kind of think, you know, with the glass half full or to find the positive because that's a really hard thing to learn, Kara, and even a lot of adults don't necessarily know how to kind of find the silver linings. Were were there like books that you read or special friends that you have or conversations you've had with your parents that really helped you kind of, I don't know, nurture that way of thinking?
1: Well, my mom actually, when I was younger, would make me books like Fancy Nancy Goes to the Hospital or uh, another fun little character and she would make books for me and kind of like schedules and she would put pictures in them and act like one of my favorite characters is going to the hospital with me. So when I was little, I don't completely remember it, but I do have little vague memories of her like giving me those to me and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. We're like... We're like the same and also always like having a friend with me, that is just the best. It's, it like just kind of feels like a hangout with a needle in your arm that you can't feel the whole time. So that has definitely totally helped me and also they don't do it anymore. So if you're listening to this, um, you can start it up again. But my grandparents, when I was younger, would give me gifts every time that I would like open up at the hospital and I would have to wait. So every time it would just be like, oh, here's a notebook. Here's like a new dress or something. So that was a giant plus side, which I wish that they would start up again. I always have that little like... Hope maybe I'll get a gift this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send presents. Yes, grandparents. I love that your mom created little books. I hope Fancy Nancy gets published someday, mom. That sounds really amazing. And I, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's going to plant a really good idea for some other parents listening for just a way to kind of help you get through those tough appointments. Yeah. And I'm glad that you've found some friends that are willing to sit with you and try to understand what you're going through. How do you talk to your friends about it? How do you give them insight into your life?
1: Well, I have a few friends who are definitely really involved in the Cure of Foundation and who, who are trying to spread awareness about that too and who just, you know, just kind of know what I'm going through. Not personally, but they've just been friends with me for like ever. So they, they know when I feel bad and stuff and they're just always there and they're always like volunteering to go with me to procedures or to infusions. They always have a smile and just try to encourage me to get through it. That's awesome. What are
0: some of the things you're most proud of so far that you've done with the Cure Blau Syndrome Foundation? What are some of the events that you've been a part of?
1: Well, we had an auction a couple months back, and we raised a lot of money so that we can do more testing and just try to find a cure in the future. And so we also had this little like segment called Ask a Researcher, which I host, where we would interview scientists, part of it, or doctors, and they would kind of answer questions that people might have. And that was really fun for me to kind of like get to host it. It's so exciting to be kind of part of that. And I've met a lot of awesome people through it, like the Townsends who, um, as you may know, their daughter passed, Lexi, which was a really, really bad loss. But without having Blouse syndrome, I would not have been able to meet all of these fantastic people through the foundation. And even though it's given me some limits, it's also opened a lot of new doors for me.
0: Amen. And yes, a lot of us know and love Lexi and the Townsend family. And I remember your auction that you're talking about. I voted on a pretty weighted blanket like a hundred times and lost. Is that interview, ask the researcher that you did anywhere online that people can go and check out?
1: You can see one segment and a half because the other didn't completely get shown on the Cuba Syndrome foundation Instagram. You can see it, I'm pretty sure it's in the highlights or it's just in a post, but you should go check that out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I love that you're already doing that. So if you could think about yourself as like a really old person, Kira, I'm talking like a 35 year old. What do you hope that she's doing with her life? Is she gonna be interviewing people? Is she gonna be podcasting? What is she gonna be doing?
1: I hope that she is cured and still spreading awareness And I hope that she is maybe an actress, I don't know, and has her own podcast and just got a good education and is living her life and traveling. Sounds perfect. I love that. So
0: what's one of your superpowers? What do you think is different about you and the way that you walk through the world because of having Blouse Syndrome?
1: I tend to handle other situations that may be hard a little better because I have experienced stuff that that is a lot harder, so it's kind of like, oh, that's no big deal. Although I am still very scared of flu shots, which is probably not in comparison at all to my infusions, but those still terrify me. But I definitely am able to kind of see the positive more because I've experienced the negative so harshly.
0: I love that you love that about yourself. And I think that that is truly a superpower that people definitely find out about themselves after becoming a part of this rare disease world so that's really cool it's also not super fair you know that you don't necessarily get to just stomp around and have a fit so hopefully you do sometimes too kira because
1: that's okay (laughs) oh i definitely do don't worry
0: Awesome. Well, I'm just really proud of you. And I'm so excited to see where you're going to go, Kira. You are so well-spoken and you're so smart. And for a 12-year-old who has already done so much advocacy, I just love young people like you. And I think that you're just such a role model for us as grown ups, for sure. But To your peers, to the kids that you're friends with and the ones that you're going to school with, to see someone like you moving through your life this way, it's huge and it's changing the world and it's going to change it for the next generation. So, you know, kids like you maybe don't have as hard of a time at school and stuff like that. So I think it's really amazing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I think that I definitely want to continue doing this as long as I live. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So what else did I not ask you that you want people to know, Kira?
1: Well, let me think. You did ask a lot of fantastic questions, but people might be a little bit more curious about the symptoms or science behind it. And I might be able to answer a couple questions about that. (laughs)
0: Let's dig in. Let's talk about Blau syndrome. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is it kind of like a spectrum disorder? Like, is it pretty intense for some and maybe a little less in certain areas for other kids?
1: Yes, that is. I would say that that's very accurate. Some people get it mild with not um, as many symptoms and some people get it very, very harshly. (laughs) And I think I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> People who have rare disease and who are the caregivers of those definitely become the experts.
0: What else do you know about Blau syndrome? If someone comes up and asks you about it, how do you explain it to them?
1: I would tell them the symptoms, which are arthritis. I have that, um, Uveitis. I had that when I was younger, very mildly. Tendons are always a trouble for me and I think a lot of other Blau patients rashes i got those all the time when i was younger that was actually one of the first signs that my mom knew something was wrong and then uh finally swollen since it's an inflammatory disease um, i'm swollen all the time because um Blau's syndrome is a whole body inflammatory disease it can sadly impact major organs such as kidney heart liver and those things can obviously be life-threatening also, someone with Blouse syndrome may be fine one day and have a flare-up the next, so this disease can cause life-threatening problems very quickly.
0: Yeah, that's not easy. Whew. Well, you're all working so hard to raise money and raise awareness for it. You have a really powerful advocate community behind you so that's something to be really proud of and I love that they get so many of the kids involved I know we were talking about Lexi her brother Felix is such a fierce little advocate too and I think you guys could team up
1: (laughs) yeah I've met him he's he's so awesome and he's so outgoing and fun (laughs) Yes, that's so cool. You know, it made me think, with you
0: wanting to be an actress someday, right now we are doing a fun little campaign on social media called My Rare Disease Movie. So I want to ask you, who, what actress would play you in your Rare Disease Movie and why?
1: For me, I would have to say Sadie Sink. She is like, I love her so much. And she looks very, uh, she's probably the actress that looks most similar to me, although maybe like a older version. And I just think she's an amazing actress. And the hair is probably because we both have like the red uh, hair. And that's, you can't find that many people with that. So I have to say her. And <laughs> um, what about her? What would her strength be? She seems just like such a outgoing, fun person. I, I've I've seen like a couple clips of her through YouTube and stuff. And she just seems like such a, not calling myself the most fun person, but she seems very fun. And also she seems very kind and she cares about animals a lot. I can tell from her Instagram. And so I, I also care about animals very much. And I think she just seems like an awesome fit. That's so cool. Well, that sounds like a lot like you too, Kira. So fun. You put like a huge smile on
0: my face. My cheeks are hurting. I love it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad, but I'm sorry about your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what are you most excited about that's coming up? Do we need to tell anyone about an event or about the website? What should we leave everyone with? How can they help Blau syndrome?
1: There aren't any events that I can think of right now. I'm trying to rack my brain that are coming up soon, but if anyone could just leave a even a small donation, it very much helps to finding a cure. And the Cure Blast Syndrome website is just www.curebs.com if anyone wants to go check that out. And um, maybe you could read my story, read Lexi's story, and just learn more about and be more educated on it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being my guest, Kira. I can't wait to hear
0: about your future podcast. And let me know if you ever need any help, okay?
1: I'm <laughs> sorry.